0: Thursday, April the 21st, and this is your Morning Briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Russia tests a new missile and the EU prepares new sanctions. First, the world in brief. Russia said it test-launched a new intercontinental ballistic missile, known as, quote, Satan-2. Intended to replace a Soviet era ICBM. Vladimir Putin, Russia's president, said the test would, quote, give thought to those who are trying to threaten Russia. According to the country's defense ministry, the missile was launched from the Arkhangelsk region in northwestern Russia and landed on the Kamchatka Peninsula in the Far East. A Pentagon spokesman said Russia had informed America about the test beforehand. In his nightly video address, Volodymyr Zelensky, Ukraine's president, said that his government was working with the European Union to devise a new round of sanctions that would be, quote, truly painful for Russia. Meanwhile, Antonio Guterres, the United Nations secretary general, asked to meet the presidents of Russia and Ukraine in Moscow and Kyiv respectively to try to negotiate an end to the war. Russia's invasion of Ukraine will trigger a food crisis leading to quote, human catastrophe, according to the head of the World Bank. Speaking to the BBC, David Malpass warned that his organisation predicts that food prices could increase by 37%, which will have a particularly severe impact on the poor. Russia and Ukraine account for almost a third of global wheat exports. As the credits rolled on a disastrous report from Netflix, investors reeled towards the exits. Bill Ackman ditched a $1.1 billion position after learning how the streaming giant plans to respond to a suddenly shrinking subscriber base, booking a loss of more than $400 billion for Pershing Square Capital. Shares in Netflix lost 35% in a day. Nervous competitors fared almost as badly. In a televised debate before France's presidential election, Emmanuel Macron attacked Marine Le Pen for her affinity with Russia. Mr Macron suggested that a loan taken by her party from a Russian-Czech bank in 2014 had made her biddable. Quote, You speak to your banker when you speak to Russia, said the French president. Meanwhile, Ms Le Pen hammered Mr Macron on cost-of-living issues and promised to, quote, Give the French their money back. In Washington, Kristalina Georgieva, boss of the IMF, said Ukraine needs $5 billion a month in aid to cover basic government services and keep its economy running. Janet Yellen, America's Treasury Secretary, walked out of a conclave of G20 finance ministers when her Russian counterpart, who was tuning in remotely, started speaking. Denmark is reportedly in talks with Rwanda about moving asylum seekers to the east african country the danish parliament passed the law last year allowing the transfer of migrants to other countries against objections from the un in a statement to reuters Matthias tesfai the immigration minister said that the mechanism would quote ensure a more dignified approach to resettlement last week britain announced a similar agreement with rwanda to widespread criticism And fact of the day, 8.5%. America's annual consumer price inflation in March, a four-decade high. And now, here's today's agenda. American Airlines' bumpy ride. Earnings season promises to be turbulent for America's aviation industry. Last week... Delta reported an eye-watering $940 million loss in the first quarter of 2022. American Airlines results, due on Thursday, could be similarly gloomy. The firm's last quarterly earnings report saw a year-on-year increase in revenues of 134%, but losses for the quarter still exceeded $900 million, and fuel prices have spiked since then flight operators have been buoyed by the end of mask mandates and the return of passengers. Delta's gloom last week was partly offset by March being the airline's best month on record for bookings. But COVID-related pilot shortages are causing problems, and delays to Boeing's 787 Dreamliner production schedules threaten to curtail international flights. Meanwhile, pricier energy means ever dearer tickets. Investors are watching closely to see whether demand will plummet. Hong Kong creeps out of lockdown restrictions. Hong Kong's reputation as a global financial hub has long been in tatters, diminished by a combination of crushing authoritarianism and incompetent public health management. On Thursday, the city's government lifted some restrictions imposed in response to an explosive fifth wave of COVID-19. Infections spread rapidly, in part because of a sluggish vaccination programme. By the end of last year, 48% of 70 to 79-year-olds had received at least one dose. The figure has since risen to 82%. The territory's woes were also caused in part by the local government's adherence to China's zero-Covid policy, which included, among other things, strict border controls. That loyalty has battered the city's fortunes. This year, the economy is expected to grow by a meagre to 2-3.5%. The government hopes that easing restrictions will help to boost spending and has thus prioritised sectors that make the most money. Disneyland has reopened to visitors, but beaches will remain closed. Bulldozing justice in India. Temperatures are soaring in India, but it is a spate of communal violence that is torching the country. Clashes between Hindus and Muslims have erupted in several cities, including Delhi, the capital, since the beginning of April they follow a similar pattern. A procession of young men celebrates Hindu festivals by marching into Muslim neighbourhoods, brandishing weapons and chanting anti-Muslim slogans. If the goading weren't enough, Muslims are facing a new form of, quote, bulldozer justice over the ensuing riots. For instance, the Delhi chief of the Bharatiya Janata Party, which controls the national government, asked the local civic body, which the BJP also runs, to punish rioters by raising illegal construction in a predominantly Muslim neighbourhood. On Wednesday, the destruction of homes and shops began in earnest. The Supreme Court intervened, ordering a temporary halt until it convenes to deliver a proper ruling. That will delay the destruction in Delhi, but may do little to stop the bulldozing of Indian secularism. Germany dithers on Ukraine. Germany's Chancellor, Olaf Scholz, is under intense pressure at home and abroad because of his refusal to send heavy weapons, such as tanks and submarines, to Ukraine. This week, he tried to deflect the criticism by saying that his government was supporting German arms manufacturers, even while admitting his army had nothing left to offer. Germany is one of the biggest financial donors to Ukraine and has military kit such as grenades, machine guns, anti-tank and anti-aircraft missiles, although not as much as America has. But that is not enough for critics who say the country needs more help after Russia started its offensive in eastern Ukraine this week. Opponents of such deliveries say they would make Germany a party to the war. But even leading figures in the Green and Liberal parties, junior partners in the governing coalition, according calling for deliveries of heavy weaponry. Anton Hofreiter, a Green MP who last week travelled to Kyiv, warned that Mr Schultz's procrastination would prolong the war. Anish Kapoor's Venetian Voids In a crumbling Italian palace, Anish Kapoor will display some of the world's most high-tech art. On Wednesday, a retrospective of the British Indian artist opened in Venice across two venues, alongside the city's Art Biennale. The exhibition is sure to draw crowds. In 2009, a Kapoor show in London attracted 275,000 visitors. The Venetian exhibition, featuring giant concave mirrors and gruesome wax sculptures, will catalogue Mr Kapoor's obsessions with colour, light and violence. Most eagerly anticipated are new, quote, Kapoor Black works. These are made with a carbon nanotube pigment, Vanta which absorbs up to 99% of visible light. It is normally used in satellites, but Mr. Kapoor holds an exclusive license for its use in artworks. That has annoyed other artists, unsurprisingly. His previous, quote, voids, made with more regular paints, threaten to engulf all who viewed them. The new technology, which makes the works yet more overwhelming, will heighten the existential terror. Daily Quiz. Our baristas will serve you a new question each day. On Friday, your challenge is to give all five answers and tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 5pm BST on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Thursday. Which American film starring Tom Cruise was a remake of the Spanish movie Abre los ojos or Open Your Eyes? Wednesday. Wednesday. Which alcoholic drink is the basis for both the daiquiri and the piña colada? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Catherine the Great, who was born on this day in 1729. I praise loudly, I blame softly.